0: Hello and welcome to Design Untangled with me, Chris Mears and Carla Lindarte. How's it going?
1: Hello, Chris. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good. Spring has finally arrived about three months late and... in the UK. So... <laughs> I
1: know. I had given up already. I just thought this is going to be the longest winter
0: ever. Yeah, it's like Game of Thrones or something, but looks <laughs> like the end is finally in sight. So go and chill out in that depressing park we used to have lunch in. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. <laughs>
1: oh yeah that was really depressing i'm still sick though i've been like ill for four weeks now
0: yeah you're bringing the nhs down with you i
1: know it's really really bad i don't know what's going on but anyway i think i'm just slowly slowly getting better now good good.
0: so let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. have you ever had a job interview before
1: oh yeah i have many many interviews before I think I've interviewed so many times. Even though I haven't changed jobs that much, um, I'm always interviewing. I find it Mm -hmm. like a good practice.
0: What what do you mean, though? Who are you interviewing with? (laughs) Just yourself?
1: (laughs) No, no, I just apply for jobs and... Sometimes even if I'm happy or not very happy in my job, I just go for job interviews just to kind of practice and just to test myself and, you know, getting ready for the just, you know, the very important interview for the job that you've always dreamed to have. So I think it's it's always good to go for job interviews.
0: A uh, serial interviewer, that's a pretty <laughs> unique hobby.
1: Yeah, it is unique.
0: Um. So... The reason I'm asking you that is because we're talking about job interviews today.
1: Oh, really? Does
0: that come as a surprise?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm very surprised. Wow.
0: Good. So specifically UX job interviews, because we probably have more experience of those than, I don't know, like a forklift truck driver or something. Probably won't be able to add (laughs) much there. Um, But I think it is... It's quite a weird topic because ux interviews can be quite different to other types of interviews maybe if you're transitioning from a different field you might be used to just the standard come in wearing a suit and sit awkwardly in reception for about an hour until the important person comes to drag you in gives you a grilling and then sends you home sweaty <laughs> uh, so the format of them can be a little bit different, I think. And that's a bit of an unknown to people that are new to the world of UX and design.
1: Yeah, it is different, isn't it? And also, it also depends on the the type of UX role that you're going for as well. So they're all very different because um, some of them will require some kind of like um, test or, you know, whiteboard exercise or something like that if you're going more for a design uh, UX design role but if you're going for a UX research role it might be slightly different as well.
0: Yeah that's very true. Um, so you touched on one of the things we wanted to talk about today which is the the whiteboard challenge, the design challenge um, which is a very mysterious little task that is sometimes set in a UXC type interview um, and it can take a couple of different formats depending where the place is but generally the way I've seen it done is you kind of get given a scenario um, and a bit of background about imagine a GP surgery wants to create a new system to book appointments something like that Um, you'll then I've seen it happen this two ways as well actually so you're either left in the room for a little bit to come up some sketches or ideas or the people stay in the room with you and watch your thought process.
1: Yeah, but then sometimes Google, for example, they would just give you three different briefs of, of a design challenge um, and they will give you a week to get back to them um, and you have to specify how long it took you to actually deliver what you've delivered um, and then you just send a link to whatever you've designed and then they just give you feedback. So, yeah, so they're kind of like, as you said, it's like a three types. So even if it's face-to-face, sometimes they're with you. Sometimes they go away and let you go with it and come back and you have to present back. And sometimes they just even give you some time to actually do it on, you know, doing over a week or something like that. And then just um, explain back to them what you're thinking.
0: Yeah, I guess it depends on the place. But I think those things where they make you... work before you've even kind of got in front of them a bit of a piss take to be honest (laughs) Um, especially if okay maybe I can understand it if you're going for quite a senior position at you know a company like Google which is obviously a very desirable place to work but when you're seeing these agencies and places making junior UX designers do like weeks worth of work for design challenges I think it's a bit out of order and I've sometimes seen agencies actually use some of the stuff that's produced in those tasks in pitches and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: that is true. I've seen that as well happening, which is really wrong.
0: Yeah, so if we take the more common version which is the face to face one, so generally as some, you know, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've interviewed and been interviewed in, with kind of design challenges, and I think what the interviewer is usually looking for is how you form your questions and interpretation of the brief they've given you so what kind of questions are you asking you identifying any sort of assumptions or hypotheses you're making before you get into design if you just sort of take the brief and start drawing some sketches that's not normally a great sign for a candidate from me
1: no i also like because just having a framework or a structure as you're saying to your response um is much better so if you start by you know let's let's agree what the problem is let's think about the type of people user profiles or personas if you want to call them we're de- we'll be designing for let's, let's talk about the constraints of that particular um you know potential solution and then you start like Fleshing out the actual, you know, flow or interactions or sketches. I think that would make more sense. But if you start with just the, you know, the design is not, it's not a very good, it's not a very good answer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you have to identify the constraints as well. So that's always a good line of questioning to figure out: Are there any sort of technical constraints? You know, obviously it's all hypothetical, but you know, are there any business constraints that you should be aware of before you start designing? And I find people that have kind of done these UX courses and we've spoken about it before they come out with their ideal UX process. As soon as they get into an interview and they start meeting these barriers and these constraints as to why they can't follow that perfect UX process, then it can be a bit of a problem for some of them to start thinking around that. So I would definitely be prepared to be flexible and adapt your proposed approach based on what the different constraints are
1: yeah and also i think it's something related to one of the questions that someone was asking about what do you do if you don't have any experience or particular experience on something that they're asking to do i think honesty is the best is the best option um it's okay to say i don't know i don't know the answer for this but i can tell you how I would get to the answer um and it's okay to just say you know if they ask you things like oh how would you do you know car sorting which a lot of people actually when I've interviewed people in the past they all talk about car sorting but none of them actually know what it is or how to do it so just just don't pretend just be honest um and say you know I haven't done that before but I think it would be useful for this and this and that Um, um if you start making things up it's no it's not gonna go anywhere
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing to bear in mind is, obviously, assuming you haven't made your CV up, they will have seen that you don't have any direct UX experience in general anyway, if we're talking about just you've literally never had a UX job before, as opposed to you haven't done a particular UX activity. Um, And they've still asked you in for an interview. So I wouldn't be scared about that. And as Carla says, just be honest, say... You haven't done any direct to UX, but in some of the other work that you've done, maybe you can talk about how you solve problems or how you engage with stakeholders. Did you ever speak to customers, that sort of stuff, and just look at ways you can align yourself to the design process?
1: Yeah, definitely. Use use it as much as you can as a way of explaining your skill sets, because um, experience can only, I mean, you can only uh, you know get the experience of the job, but it's just showing the way you think. How structured you are in your thinking, um, you know how you know your interpersonal skills, your emotional intelligence is also really, really important. And being honest and being humble, which are for me one of the best like qualities of a designer. I think you should showcase that in the interview,
0: yeah. And if you think about what you're doing as well, you are essentially in that interview, you're doing what the job would be anyway. you're presenting ideas back to a group of stakeholders who potentially you don't know you don't necessarily know what they do day to day so think of the interview just as a way of practicing like Carla says maybe don't make it a hobby like she does which is a bit weird (laughs) but (laughs) but it is all about that just presenting design ideas and thoughts and process back to a group of people which ultimately is what you would be doing if you got the job probably
1: yeah exactly and also like you know what's really really important as well just um Allow yourself to fail. And what I mean with this is that the whole process of design is about learning, trying, learning, and trying again. If you come up with a solution for a particular design challenge, let's go back to the whiteboard exercise. And then if people come back and start challenging your thinking, uh, don't get defensive over it. Just explain how and why you did it that way, but always recognize what people are telling you. It, it, I'm just saying this. I, I interviewed some one day this girl, um, and I challenged some of the thinking she was, uh, you know, presenting. It was one of his her pro- prototypes, and and I just said, why didn't you do it this way? Or I challenged something I can't remember, and she goes so defensive, um, and a bit aggressive as well. And then she was asking me like trying to be difficult asking me difficult questions and stuff and you know obviously she wasn't selected to the job for the job yeah. but, <laughs> but you know just don't get defensive because i think that's as i said i like, being humble and understanding other the people's opinions and um you know listening really what people are telling you is really important as a designer
0: yeah and it goes back to a point that we spoke about in the design workshop episode as well you've only given been given a limited amount of time usually for this design challenge and limited information um in the workshops one we said that you know just making people knock out designs every 30 seconds means that they're less inclined to be super defensive about them so to take that mindset you're not you haven't been spending six months on these designs you've been given a brief just rocked up and got that You've had to produce something. So be open to the feedback. Be open to changing it, questioning why you did what you did. They know you're under pressure. That's kind of the whole point. But yeah, just listen to what they've got to say. Progress your designs further if that's the format the design challenge can take. um, And just relax, really.
1: Yeah, just relax and be yourself because that's what you're going to be doing anyway if you get the job.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And we had some other questions around different formats of interviews. Um, I think, to be honest, it varies completely on the company. I've had interviews which are just meeting in the Starbucks in Liverpool Street Station where we recorded one of our episodes. (laughs) Um, So it was literally just a coffee and a chat and that was the interview. I've had other ones which are kind of telephone interview and then you meet someone else and then you have another face-to-face and it just drags on for weeks Um so there's no one size fits all really if you're going through a recruiter which is generally the case they'll be able to outline what the sort of interview process is when you apply
1: yeah I think in terms of formats as you said like phone face-to-face like hangouts as well I had a lot of like you know video video calls um in the past as a as a as an interview which are very awkward to be honest but they happen as well um yeah i think formats are all all sorts of formats i think also it's really important that you you talk to your recruiter or um just if you don't have a recruiter directly just read the position description really well because um I mean, I'm not saying you should lie, but you should try to tailor your experience to the job you're applying for. Sometimes they're slightly different uh, in terms of the level of seniority or the industry or, um, you know, the actual skill set. So sometimes uh, if you, for example, have a variety of, um, you know, of skills within the UX space, you can maybe tailor what you're talking about Um uh, depending on the job so reading their position description making sure you have examples and um, even if you just write them down on a piece of paper before, before the interview as well so because they're going to ask you about your experience they're going to ask you about what you like they're going to ask you um, about you know i been asked what's your favorite app what's your favorite website and why so because they they they'll be you know um trying to you know figure out what how you how you think about design etc so um, yeah, just tailoring your speech based on the job um, spec uh, as well as the recruitment process if you have a recruiter is the best option.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that brings me to another point, sort of doesn't really, but you said the word recruiter, so I'm gonna talk about it anyway. <laughs> um, so we had someone ask on our UX Mentor me Slack channel about, so they'd had an interview essentially and they hadn't heard back and they wanted to know if they should get in touch with the person that interviewed them directly versus going through the recruiter definitely do not do that the recruiter is there as a sometimes unfortunate middleman or woman um, and you should always kind of get feedback via them if you start linkedining or twittering the person that interviewed you it doesn't generally go down very well
1: yeah, no, that's what you have, especially if you're talking about, you know, a head of UX or UX lead or someone who's really busy. and um, they actually that's why they get recruiters for. Um, because, you know, you're very busy, you go interview people and the recruiters would need to be communicating back any feedback, um, to the candidate. So yeah, don't do that.
0: Yeah, unfortunately recruiters don't always get back to you. So make sure that you've got Plenty of eggs in plenty of baskets. If a trail goes cold, it's fine to follow up with a recruiter a few days later if you haven't heard anything, but definitely don't go chasing the people that interviewed you.
1: Yeah, no, that's not a good move.
0: So I guess if you have actually got an interview, you may be interviewed by any number of different types of people. I've found it quite often the case, actually, that I get interviewed by people that aren't sort of UX knowledgeable particularly very often they're recruiting because they need that experience in the company itself so it can be the case that you are interviewed by people like tech leads or developers stuff like that and it it kind of goes back to the point that you've just got to tailor what you're talking about to the audience so it may actually be that you end up educating them a little bit about the design process which is fine as well that's a very common thing you have to do in any ux job i found
1: yeah definitely especially if you start talking about research and um they might just confuse ux design with front-end development or if you took IA, they don't know what IA means. So just uh, try to use, try to avoid use, um, you know, jargon and acronyms because people might not get it. Um, so, yeah, that's absolutely right. I've been interviewed by people who have no idea um, about UX. Um, <clears throat> um, but then you still need to explain what you do and how you do it in, in plain English to them as well. Uh, so just just make sure that, yes, we, we as you said, you know we tailor you tailor your language as well based on your audience
0: yeah exactly um have you got anything else to talk about I think this might be a bit of a short one but
1: no I guess the the only thing that to add is that um obviously the interview process and because I don't really interview for um you know contractor roles versus permanent roles so there might be slightly different as well so when you go for a permanent role which are the roles that i've been interviewing for um here in the uk uh, they tend to be also longer processes as well and um they would have people from other parts of the design teams as well so i've I've been interviewed by um you know head of ux or ux director but then i have another interview with the head of uh, visual design as well Um, and, uh, perhaps I'll have someone from HR or from someone from account management, um, you know, so, um you just need to make sure that whatever role you're going for um you also need to think about all these different people who, who you will be working with um and if you don't have much experience or you don't have any UX experience um you as well it's basically the same as we said before like you need to just tailor what you need to say to all these people uh, but just making sure you communicate how you think you'll be working with them um and uh, you know, and just explaining your own thinking around the design processes and how you see yourself working within that team, uh, because not always you're gonna have you know, especially for permanent roles, you're gonna have to interview with a lot of more people.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's generally the rule of thumb. As a contractor, the interview process does tend to be a bit shorter with fewer rounds, although not always the case. And the sort of questions are a lot more project focused so they'll want to know how you did different projects with different clients Um, it's less about the sort of where do you see yourself in 10 years kind of questions because you're a contractor and the chances are in 10 years you're not going to be with that same client so it's less of that kind of stuff generally Um, but of course it's still about identifying that you're someone that can work with their team and their existing kind of setup
1: yeah you know I also like think that another thing to add and perhaps this is another episode as a whole because portfolios are a big topic and we all have a lot always have people asking what's the best portfolio Um, but it is important to have one whatever it is always bring your folio Um, just think about internet connection which is also a very good point. Um, if you bring your iPad or whatever, but they might not have, you know, Wi-Fi, just make sure you have a way to connect so you can show your folio. And I'm telling you, because this happened to me many years ago. Um, just uh, also, if you can, which I've seen as well, like uh, when I was uh, in my previous job, I interviewed quite a lot of junior people uh, who didn't have much UX experience. They actually put a, 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 the presentation together they didn't have a particular website because they didn't have a lot of experience uh, or, or, like, you know, projects to put on there. But they created a, a presentation, like a deck, basically, and telling the story about who they are and what they like and what they get inspired of and uh, from and stuff like that. Um, I think it also helps telling a story of who you are, um, just creating a little deck that talks about yourself. So just having uh, some visual uh, prompts when you're talking about you and your work and your. Your experience, even if it's more like you know, um, you know, educational, um, and as I said, we can talk about portfolios in another episode, but. If you don't have much projects, um, you can also make them up, you know, not make them up in the sense of making them up, but um, just maybe doing some app or web critiques and just put them on, on a presentation or something or creating a prototype. So how would you redesign, for example, I don't know, Spotify or, you know, Google Maps or, uh, you know, City Mapper um, and just shows your thinking, shows how you think about things and the process that you follow as well. So...
0: Yeah, I think that's some some good tips there. I know my portfolio, obviously I'm not new to the industry, so I do have some projects to talk about, but it's really quite lightweight and it's just a couple of, as you say, visual aids to, to talk around. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be given a PowerPoint presentation in an interview. That's not going to be a good start if you're just literally reading through a PowerPoint. Um, But it's good to just have a few things to show and to speak around whilst, you know, they're asking about stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you have got any kind of real life experience, um, talk about um, obviously the project, how you did it, you know, your design thinking, how you, you know, the, the actual things that you did as part of the team, which is really, really important when I interview people days like oh yeah so we designed this and I, I just looked at it and I said but what was your role what did you do in that role um, and then talk about your learning so what would you do differently next time so again going back to the um, learn uh, improve and iterate how would you actually improve that design um, as well if you if you had if you're showing a prototype or something um, so yeah so just some tips uh, just make it really clear what was your role what you actually did and how you do it better next time
0: yeah and outcomes as well Mm. so you have those very valuable so if you if yeah data exactly if you did something and it reduced call center queries by whatever percent definitely talk about that yeah um proving that your design work has had sort of actual business impact is a very good thing to bring out in an interview
1: yeah and only pick one or two I don't think you should do more. If you have more than that don't I would sometimes I just focus on one project that kind of talks like more like an end-to-end story from you know from the discovery phase until delivery. Um, if you don't have that, so just try to pick a couple max. Um, so because you don't want to spend too much time showing your folio either.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, you got anything else?
1: No, I think that's it.
0: Cool. I think we have now guaranteed every listener a successful job interview.
1: Oh uh, yes, they're all gonna get jobs. So yeah, and also if you have more questions, just um just contact us on the normal channels and we're happy to we're happy to give you more info if you need
0: yeah, and let's say what those normal channels are then. Um, so Twitter is at Design Untangled. Uh, you can get Carla at Carla Lindato. I am at Chris underscore Mears underscore UX. We are on the web at designuntangled.co.uk. If you want to ask questions about the podcast or kind of give us ideas for future episodes, you can do that in two ways. You can go onto iTunes, leave us a review, good or bad, or helps. Um, or you can join our Slack community on uxmentor.me, which is where we're getting a lot of the kind of topic ideas and questions for these episodes at the moment. Um, and just wanted to give a shout out as well to people that came to our first ever real life meetup coffee the other day oh, yeah. uh, in London. Yeah. Uh, so it's me and Christina, and we had three others from the Slack group who came along to drink bad coffee at Starbucks <laughs> and have a chat. So that was cool. Hopefully we'll do some more of those in future.
1: The people are going to think that you love Starbucks, Chris.
0: Yeah, I seem to be name dropping them quite a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no. and they're not paying any advertising. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, the real reason was because it's literally about five meters from mine and Christina's office at the moment, so it's purely (laughs) down to our laziness, but there we go. Okay. All right, see you next time.
1: See you next time. Bye.